to another episode of the History of the Bay podcast, sponsored by the good folks of Amoeba Music San Francisco. Support your local record store. Also sponsored by the folks at Dying Breeze San Francisco, where you can get some local merchandise as well as all your graffiti supply needs. Today, behind the lens, we got Rocky Vision. We got King Sid, fresh back from the islands on vacation. Welcome back. Shout out to the producer, Skino, and on the boards, DEO. Also got to say that July 9th, we got the History of the Bay day party going down. Looney's, Mac Mall, Neff the Pharaoh, San Quinn, myself hosting, live painting by Crayon, DJs, Midway, San Francisco. Get your tickets right now. But enough of that. Today, I got to get to this special guest. He is a legend, a San Francisco pioneer in terms of the visual art scene, and he goes all the way back to his real graffiti roots, known as Brother Four Minutes. It's a pleasure to welcome Apexer. What up, what up? What's up, man? Uh, chilling. Good to see you, as always. Yeah, thanks yeah, for having me, Yeah, brother. for sure, for sure, man. Uh, you have a really long history. Um, you've definitely been making your mark, uh, literally, on the scene for a while. I think uh, social media has really helped you. Yeah. Get, get your name out there. Yep. I think uh, you figured out how to uh, really work that to your advantage earlier than a lot of other cats. I just, I just like to mess around with stuff. That's right. That's all it is, really. Yeah. You just throw shit up and see see what works. Yeah. But but to go all the way back, uh, for those who don't know, uh, where did you grow up and uh, what was your childhood like? Whew. I grew up like uh, Excelsior, uh, Lakeview, kind of all over the city, though. But that's like, I was up there living, but then uh, had fam out in, uh, in the Fillmore, uh, kind of all over the place. But yeah, Excelsior, Upper uh, Upper Excelsior, Mission, Lakeview, Cayuga Park. That's right. Um, yeah, grew up out that way. And I was born in 78. So early 80s, I remember seeing... All like the TMF, ICP, all that from up there, you know, like that was like my roots because that was the first things I saw. And uh, like between Lakeview and Excelsior going back and forth, like those cats was all over there. So like Cayuga Park, Lucky's Rooftop, um, you know, Dead Man's Pass, all these yards that are way out that way. Mm-hmm. Like, as a kid, I would just, like, wander all through that and just see these pieces even before I really understood what I was looking at, you know? And just kind of, like, taking in those styles. And that's and then, you know, San Francisco, it was all about the buses. Right. So, you know, I mean, like, the 14s, the 44s, the 26s, the 54s, you know, 19th Ave, you know, like, mm-hmm. all of those. And then before you even get to the trolleys, you know? So it was, like... Between those two things, like seeing seeing the uh, the, the hopping and the streets, it was kind of like from a young age, it was just straight in me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it had a, it had a uh, impact and influence on you, pretty much right away. Yeah, I was in third grade and uh, almost had his name, Christian. Boom, this cat named Christian was a good friend of mine. His his brother was old school, and so Christian was doing bubble letters. In, in class and I was like yo what you doing and then from there he brought like a a, a white and orange streaker for the first time split streaker mm-hmm. in the class and we were tagging on the back of the school bus you know and, and like that was and once that hit it was done mm. so third grade yeah you you started getting into into graph from yeah there. yeah in third grade it was a wrap wow so we're talking like tagging, bus hopping, yeah. early, early experimenting early. with spray paint. Yeah, yeah. Well, spray paint, not so much. It was more, it was markers. It was okay. It was markers, streakers, anything like that. You quickly, you know, rack or get your fingers on. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's crazy, man. That's probably earlier than, than most cats, I would say. Uh, I feel like a lot of writers start in like, Junior high school, high school. That's when it blew up. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it just went crazy. But back then, though, it was, uh, I remember, you know, it was, um, you know, uh, it was, I, I almost said too much, but it was uh, somebody's under that was writing sun. And then it was uh, like trim, uh, T1 tags, 
uh, UB40, Jams. It was like they was killing my neighborhood as well as other cats, but it was them that it was like the first thing out the window. Like, what? What's that? Yeah. I mean, I think people talk a lot about San Francisco graffiti in the 90s, but I I don't think enough people really understand how crushed the city was in the 80s. It was crushed. And I think also, too, in the 90s, you had a lot more, like, uh, out-of-town writers coming in, whereas before it was kind of, like, strictly homegrown, San Francisco, Daily City. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, from, like, I always say that I'm that in-between generation. Mm-hmm. I'm that, like, the, the, the 70, 80s cats, and then, the, like, the 90s heads came online. I was, like, in-between, because I just got into it. Um up until 92, whenever they buffed Psycho. Whenever they buffed Psycho City. Yeah, I think that's like 92, 93. Yeah, yeah, so up until that point, it was real San Francisco, real Bay. Yeah. And then after they buffed, which is right around the same time, you know, like a couple years after the uh, earthquake happened, you had all the pits. Mm-hmm. So then a lot of cats that were coming to art school out here, for the and they started hitting the pits. And then they started telling other people. So then... Boom. Right after that, that's when everybody started coming out to San Francisco. Like, oh, we could go to art school and we could kick it at the bars. We can go bombing. Like, okay. And then it just it just blew up. And do you have, do you have a, a, a other background in the arts, like in terms of like your family or or was like, was art something you were always into or did you have other, other passions you were dabbling with? In third grade? Nah, it was just, you know, I was just a kid just running around. And then when I saw writing it was like huh you know but in the family yeah like you know in, in my dna like yeah you know mom's was a high soprano opera singer um pops was a engineer you know so i had that mindset you mm-hmm. know at the same time that discipline you know he was a, a vietnam vet air force so had that discipline that as soon as i found something that i liked you know, which was like straight up tagging. It was like, oh, I'm just going to put all that into that. What What were some of your early names that you were experimenting with? Uh, I want to say my first name was Take One. And then from Take One, I wrote with that actually for a minute. And then let's just fast forward, because I don't remember the other ones. Let's just fast forward to Wu-Tang comes out. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to be the Jizza. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Jizza. And then uh, and then that's when I did my first piece at Psycho. It was straight garbage. Uh, but it was my first piece. My older sister, she took me late afternoon into the evening, painted, you know, car lights on, you know, that whole thing. Your sister was writing too or she just took you? Nah, she just took me, okay. you know what I mean? Like she was older just sis. Just supporting you. Yeah, just yeah. supporting her, you know. Let me like, make sure nothing happens in while he's down here. Yeah, Let me make yeah. sure his paint don't get jacked. Yeah, exactly. Because like she knew mad heads, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, And so, she, yeah, she that was my first piece. It was a Jizza piece. And then after Jizza, um, I quickly was like, nah, that's whack. And then went to uh, Nodder. Because now we're talking about like 91, 92. And competition back then was wild. Mm-hmm. Like everybody in school was like, oh, I could do better than you, this, that. And I was always doing all these crazy wild style pieces. So it was like somebody was like, oh man, that's all knotted up. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we're knotter. And then from there, quickly I was like, oh, let me like knock off that K and then boom, boom, and then slice this up. And then oh, it's, it's just note. Noter. And I wrote Noter for a minute. And then from there, um, Apex came about and then stuck with that. And so you were already like going after uh, like developing the skill of piecing like early. You weren't just tagging. No, I was tagging and just doing bubble letters. Okay. All the way up until 90, 91. 
Did you have uh, somebody that that mentored you or like really pushed you into into learning the craft or just mm-hmm. figuring it out on your own? Nah, nah. Like I used to uh, walk into Doug's old shop up there in Upper Mission, right? And uh, you know they would all just look at me, kind of like, "Oh yeah, we seen you around here, little kid." You know, I mean, like, what you want? Like, oh yo, give me the pilot and some pilot ink. And then that was it, you know. But along the way. It was always somebody that came along, and I was always the one of those kids that pay pay attention. Uh, one of those days, we were all bus hopping uh, on the on the fourteen, and it was packed. We get right there to Geneva Mission, or if anybody knows Geneva Mission, used to be thick. Like you don't want to get caught up there in Geneva Mission. It was wild, um, and this old school cat all tatted up. He was like, "Yo, let me get your ultra." You know anybody say, like, yo, let me get that. Yeah, he might not get that back. You ain't getting that back. <laughs> so we on the back seat, just hit the back panel and the whole ceiling and everything. And I'm just like, oh. I give him the ultra. And then I watch, and he, like, straight up drop game. And it was Sorum, TMF. And he just sat there on the window, and he was just saying, like, yo, why are you, why are you rushing? And... He's, like, looking at the bus driver, and he was like, look at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, dropped an arrow underneath it, and it was just like, here you go, brother. Like, no need to rush. What they going to do? Changed my whole mind mm-hmm. up. You know? And it was like, oh, from that OG. And he didn't even care about writing no more. But he saw that what we were doing was like, yo, here. So, like, you know, through my career, it's been people like that. Mm-hmm. They just come in and just drop a little nugget. Yeah, that's kind of how graffiti is. I mean, it's definitely uh, it's definitely an art practice where you learn a lot from your peers. Yeah, whether it's you know where's a chill spot to rack from, where where you where you find them cutty markers in Chinatown. Yeah, yeah. What, what, you know what what's the new yard that's popping up? What's this little technique? Yep. It's it's a, like uh, it's one thing I really like about it. It's like it's really uh, community based type yeah, of thing. Yeah, but. That was then, you know, me talking about the early time. Later in life, uh, like, me and Neon linked up. And when we linked up, he was just kind of like, oh, this cat already knows how to paint. Let's just go. So it was more of, like, you know, they talk about in, like, you know, 10,000 hours to become a pro or expert or whatever, you know, people talk about that. Like, it was just, let's paint, let's paint, let's paint, let's rack, let's paint. That was all that we were doing. So I was able to get a lot of ideas out because of that. And that's what made... So Neon didn't really mentor me, but he did in that regard. Of like, yo, let's go. You know, like, what are you doing? He's over here, five-color piece, done. And I'm over here with the two-tone. And I'm sitting up here still, like, struggling. He's like, oh, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's illegal. We're in the yard. Like, what you doing? You know, like, let's go. So that, him over my shoulder doing that made me... Like, paint faster, paint more efficient, be more critical. And then from there, fast forward, um, more of, like, just little tidbits here and there from people or just watching people. And then I linked up in 98 uh, for the first time, but I want to say it was more like 99, 2000. Linked up with Vulcan from New York, old school. Yeah, subway rider. Yeah, 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 old school. And me and him would just chop it up, um, just chop it up on the phone while he was out in New York before he moved out here. And he would just drop a game. And mm. then he connected me with, with, you know, we called him True, but everybody else knew him as Phase 2, uh, with Riff, Dome. He connected me with those cats. And then it was just, just knowledge, just being shared from the New York perspective. And then at the same time as that was happening... A lot of the New York heads that I met and knew became friends with, you know, like Wayne, COD, and all these cats. But they was giving me all this knowledge, and then I was going out there to paint, and then I would just sit and just listen to them, just hear these stories of like, and then understand their styles. So from there, it was like, oh, I understood where that came from. Let me tweak this a little bit. Oh, okay, you know, like, let me take all those parts and then strip it down to, like, the root of each style, and then let me take those roots and then make my own. 
That's what's up. Yeah, that's that's definitely um, very relatable because a lot of times people ask you, man, how do you know all this stuff? Like for the videos, I'm like, man, I don't know everything. Yeah. But I, what I do know, it just came from a, either seeing it or or just like you said, sitting back and just listening. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And over the years, you just your knowledge base just gets bigger and yeah, bigger. Exactly. Yeah. But to go back to Neon, so he's a little older than you, yeah, right? Yeah, Because he started painting, like, piece in the 80s. Yeah, right? he, yeah. he was piecing when I was still just bus hopping. Yeah, and, and Neon, I don't think, gets enough props out there in, like, the history of, of you know, he's contributed a lot. Yeah. And yeah. his style's um, definitely ahead of his time. Yeah. So well, what was your first time meeting Neon? Um, 90... Six. Okay, so you had been Apex for a little while. Yeah, yeah. So '96. That's what I was saying. Like, so that was me running around with Rasta, uh, JC. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know all those cats, uh, FCK. You know me running around with them, JDS, all that, and um, and Rasta being like, "Yo, you gotta meet Neon." What we doing is cool, but you got to meet Neon. You trying to do some other shit. So, so he connected me with Neon, and then we all went painting at a yard uh, that I I started uh, behind Pacific Super. Okay, yeah, you can see it off the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. So we all go up there to go paint, and Neon was like, oh, "Okay, you know how to paint." So okay, let's go. Nice. And then that was it. Was a wrap. Yeah, because I think seeing some of your work uh, as it evolved over the years, people might not realize that you have like those bus hopper like Frisco tagger roots because your style is really unique and wow. um it's it's but I've seen older flicks too where yeah. it was c- kind of a little more of like the standard type yeah. of styles you would expect yeah how did you start developing like that style from there to to what it became because you were doing like some pretty crazy wild styles and just unorthodox yeah. letter structures compared to most Frisco writers, I would say. So I wasn't happy. I was like, okay, let me do, I did the, you know, traditional, like what you're saying, traditional funk style that they call it out here, which has a whole nother history out from the East Coast. And it was like, okay, cool, I could paint that, but I wanted to do more. You know, like, I was always just so much into, like, painting. So, from there, then I was like, I'm just going to do my own thing. People was hating on it at the time, you know what I mean? Like, yo, what, what is that? What is this? You know? And I was just like, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I racked my paint, got my spot, I'm painting, I ain't tripping. Um, every once in a while, you know, depending on the time. And then I also looked at it that way, like, what's the timing? Like, you know, like. Only got 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Okay, let me do a little funk. I got more time. Okay, let me do something else. But then I always wanted to experiment. Always, you know, to this day, I still got like a lot of ideas. Back then I had a lot of time and a lot of paint. So I just kept experimenting with different ideas and concepts. And to try to, you know, I knew I needed to keep doing that to get my own style. And I wanted my own style. I was like, I never wanted to be in somebody else's shadow. Like, I wanted my own lanes. So that's the main reason why, like, I started to develop my own style. I think you definitely have to have the confidence to experiment to get to that point. To, like you said, to not really worry what other people might say about it or not worry about fitting in with what everybody else is doing. A lot of a lot of breakthroughs are accomplished, only accomplished through trial and error. Yeah. And I, a lot of trial and error. Yeah. So uh, uh, you mentioned Neon, <clears throat> and I know you guys are both in BA. Yep. And uh, so for those who don't know, some of the other members of that crew over the years have included Giant, who we had on the podcast, Jace, uh, Felon. Joker. Joker. A lot of names. Adam. Adam, Cycle. Uh, a lot of names. Yeah, you guys had some hitters. And, yeah. And, and people from, yeah, did it start in the Bay Area? It started in the Bay um, with, uh, if I remember the correct timing and order, with uh, FX, Neon, Jace, and maybe Robo was all there at the same time. It kind of came up at that time period. 
Okay. And um, what what was the process of you getting down with that crew? Um, I was in other crews before that um, a lot, you know, like from the bus hopping days, you know, all the way through. And then me and Neon were just putting in so much work that he was just like, yo, we got to get this cat in. And it was actually at, uh, it was, uh, I almost remember the name of the producers, but it was at a Maritime Hall event that they used to paint in the back parking lot. Mm. And uh, so we were all painting the back parking lot, Jace, me, Neon, a bunch of other heads. I think Quake was there, a couple other people. And he was like, yo, let's get them down. And then it was like from there, it's like a little process, and then boom. Tight. Is that the main crew that you you, you represented over the years? So uh, before that, I was in UM, which is kind of like a feeder crew to Lord's crew. I'm, I'm in UM. Oh, yeah. there we go. There we go. So uh, UM. Shout out, shout out Topper and Gus for putting me down. Oh, 100. UM. 100. Uh, so yeah, UM, uh, Lord's crew, um, then BA. Uh, it, I, I hopped around and I always loved the Bay and these different scenes. So I'll be in the East Bay for like music or shows or whatever, or trying to holler at females or whatever, like just to switch it up. You know what I mean? Like I was always moving. So the crews kind of represented that movement, like down with 640, with Steve and all of them, you know, like when I was doing dirt on Bart and doing stuff over there, scribes. I'm only going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a long time ago. And um, so, you know, 640 crew, UM, Lords, BA. And then when the freights really came online, it was like BA. But then that branched off to FGS crew. Um, those were like the main crews that I, like, I rolled with. And then I just got to a point where I was just like, you know, we just folks. This is just all fam. So... I'm not going to hit crews up no more because I don't want to get into anybody else's beef and all this other drama. And, oh, you don't, you hitting this person, this crew up more than this crew. It's just like, yo, look, the reason why I got down with it wasn't for some crew mentality. It was more because if we were fam, we was kicking it with one another and had good times. So uh, I just stopped putting up crews and just kind of like people who knew they knew. And I didn't really trip that they didn't know, like, what crews I was with or whatever. Yeah, I can dig that. I, I, I've i never been—I've I, I, been in some crews, too, and I've never pushed that at the forefront because I'm more of a loner, and I don't have, like, that crew mentality necessarily of, like, I got to take on your beef, yeah. and I got to do this, and we got to have meetings, yeah. and all that Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I don't really function that well like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> but for me, it was always, like, whoever was moving at the time. Yeah. You know, like, I just thought about it, like, before all of that, I was, uh, like, the transition crew was, like, CA crew. You know, it was, it was Tone, Crease, and all those guys, like, because Tone had the, uh, what car was that? It was Altima, maybe? It was like gold Altima or something, I think. But Tone had the whip, and then he was like, yo, let's go. And we were all just go racking. So it was like, at the time, and that was all Excelsior, you know what I mean? So it was like, CA crew, we were rolling uh, deep, just like racking. And then it just kind of like rolled over to like, oh, okay, you know, life stuff happens to people. Like, okay, they kind of fade out. And then, oh, here comes... And then my energy was always go, go mode. So it was like, oh, somebody came along, Neon comes along, and he's like, let's go. You know, Neon, you know, not so much style, but attitude of painting. You know, it was like... Philosophy. With the philosophy, mm-hmm. you know, me and him would sit there before Montes, the European painters, we call it, before that came online, it was just Rusto, Krylon, and all the off-brands to get to your, your different purples and avocados and whatnot. Uh... Me and Neon would stay up the night before because we racked together and we had a system of like, okay, he gave me a list. We would have a list. Like, okay, you're going to get the Rustos and I'm going to get the Krylons. Mm. Then we'll go in because there's two of us. You have to at least get four. So you get two and I get two. And then we would split it up afterwards. But we would go out and rack and then we knew what we had. And we're not even looking at the paint. And we would just talk color schemes beforehand the night before then he would come 
wake me up at like 5.30 in the morning. We'll be at the yard at 6 a.m. just doing full-on illegal productions and out by 12. Mm. You know, and people are like, yo, people are just now rolling into the yard like, yo, like what? Like, yeah, we got up at 5.30. Like, (laughs) y'all slow, (laughs) you know? But that was him on that, like, that mindset. Yeah, there's a definite discipline to the craft that if you apply it, it definitely helps take your your skills to the next level. Yeah. Have you ever caught any cases or do you have any good chase stories? Oof, I got crazy chase stories. Uh, I'll give you two chase stories. Okay. Uh, Well, I had just turned 18. This is not a chase story, but just turned 18. Lucky's rooftop. I was painting with somebody else. ain't going to mention. Nobody will know him anyways. But... Uh, he was still underage and spoiled cat, and we get we get rolled up, and I was dipping. I was out over the back wall. I was about I was gone, and he was like, "You can't leave me." So then that was the only time I got like hemmed up. But even then, like I, I talked my way out of it, and then they just slapped a case on me afterwards uh, that they ended up dropping. So I was like, "Okay, bet whatever." And that was the only time anything like that. And then uh, Chase Stories off of 3rd Street. What is that? The Evans Bridge? No, that's not Evans. Deeper. Like Gerald mm-hmm. out there. We was, uh, this, I was bold at this point. Like straight bold. Like talking to the Caltran workers. And they were like, oh, you know what? You good. Don't even trip. If you hear our horn, that means get off the tracks. Like, okay, cool. Like, I would just, people were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just going to talk to them. Like, they don't care about this wall. So I would go down there and talk to them. But this day, we was all painting. It was actually me, Neon, and uh, Desire. Oh, shout out to my boy, Desire. Yeah, Dino, what's up? <laughs> and we was all, uh, we were painting, you know, straight up, buff the wall, doing the production, being, you know, being chill about it. But the uh, storage unit, security cat called on us. We didn't see him. And then uh, we hear a hey from the bridge above, and it was sheriffs. They're like, "What you doing?" And I was like, oh, "We ain't doing nothing." And they're like, "That's cool. When we get down there, you better be packed up and gone." It's like started <laughs> started packing up, and then uh, he's coming down the dirt path, and he's like, "I'm already down here too late." And I was like, "Fuck that, it's gone." And then we uh, go up this one hill. Anybody knows this area is, is a pretty crazy little area. It's changed now a little bit from right, what, right, what right. it used to be like. It yeah. used to be mad raw over here. Mm-hmm. So we run up this dirt and like impactment on the side of the tracks. And there was all bushes. It was summertime, so the bushes were growing up. And we didn't know. We jump off of that, and that was like a 10-foot drop into this like old service track. And then we look back. Because through the bushes, we can see there's mad sheriffs up on the bridge. We run down, and there was a little cut alley between the buildings onto this like this little side street where we parked. So I was like, no, they're looking, so we can't go there. So we ran past the, the little alley. Like, we're going, there's uh, uh, studios out there. We started running towards the studios, which is another street. And then we look back, and they all left. So we're like, bet. So then we doubled back, hopped in the car, laid all the seats back. <laughs> he took his shirt off, his hoodie off. So it was just his shirt in the driver's seat. And he pretended like he was like fixing the mirror as he was looking at them. He was like, yo, there's like eight cars that are coming all around us. And then we just laid down. And from there, we dipped out. <laughs> um, nice. But then uh, another, I just thought about another crazy story. But uh, one with Jace over in Fruitvale. It was painting freights and uh, middle of the night and Jace is just on one and we're painting freights and he's just like, I didn't hear shit. He's like, don't shh, get down. And we turn around and the bull with people who don't know freight bull is like the, basically the police for the, for the freight trains. The bull is sitting right above us on the next track. So did we pack? Yeah, we packed. Jace was like, yo, pack your shit. It wasn't that much because we already had most of it in the bag. We packed, and then we started hopping through all the lanes, through the, the through the trains. We looked back, and we could see the shining the light where we were at. 
So now we're like, oh, okay, he's actually coming for us. And we're in Fruitvale. So then we hop the fence and we're in the middle of the freeway in a bush. And we're sitting in the freeway, just kind of looking back at the train yard like he ain't coming out here. And then a hooker is walking down the freeway, the middle of the freeway, on the other side of the fence in the middle of the freeway. And she goes, yo, you guys got a quarter? We were like, yo, get the fuck out of here. You're making it hot. Like, get out of here. What are you talking about? We was like, whatever. And we was like refocused, looking at the bull. Like, yo, he ain't coming. Okay, he ain't coming. And then she got out. She got pissed off. Like, somebody, like, basically kicked her out on the freeway. And then uh, we, we ran back, and Jace was like, we got 15 minutes. Finish. Put your outline up. Put the border up. Let's go. And that's that's what we did. And yeah, it came out good. Those, those pieces. Those. Uh, it was because it was on holy rollers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, he was yeah. like, "I'm not letting this go." Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. So you've been you've been able to pretty much avoid any serious graffiti consequences. I, I always ran. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I racked the paint, so I don't really care. Oh, but if you gave me a second, or like, and then I got smart. Like I never really took the paint out. It was always one can at a time. But always, always ran. Yeah, I, I have a lot. I had a lot of nights where I ended up like in the cuts, watching everybody else get wrapped. Exactly. Or sometimes I would just, I would, I figured out, man, I'm like, if I walk right towards the cops, they're not gonna trip off me. Exactly. And people be like, "What are you doing? Where are you going?" And I'll just, I'll just walk right at the cops, make eye contact with yep, them, yep. and keep going. And yep. everybody else will get wrapped up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I got those too, and. Actually, uh, I'm putting this out here to spy. If you're watching this, Eric, you have photos from the last major day that I went bus hopping. Mm. That ended up in a lot of my homies getting wrapped up because they. It started with my my homegirl passed away. Geb, rest in peace. TNT. Uh, she up at we was up at City College. She was like, "Yo, Rick, what you doing?" Like what? She was like, one last time. I was like, bet, let's go. So we had like the SGs, we had the Ultras, we had the Minis, we had the Pilots, we had to refill up little juicers, you know, real quick. And we started out from City College, Ocean, and we worked our way all the way down to the Mission. And then by the time we got to 19th and Mission, ran into, oh, his name just went, wow. It was like an AJ cat, but like for AJ. Uh, my bad. But uh, he's knocking on the window like, yo, 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 what's up? So we hop off, go to his house. It was like right down there. And then we get there. And now there's three more heads. Like, what y'all doing? Like, yo, we bombing today. Like, oh, okay, well, we're going to get with y'all. So now it's five of us. We're five deep. And we're walking down at this point, middle of the day. We're walking down Mission. And I started, and then that competition starts. That's why I like bus hopping. Right. She gets hotter and hotter. It gets hotter and hotter and hotter, you know? (laughs) So he's hitting the outsiders on the back panel. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go do the street side panel. So I'm doing a street side back panel. And then I just like looked down. It was like, oh, 49s and 14s are coming through. They're all backed up right now. Okay, I'm just going to walk down the double yellow line down the middle of Mission. I'm just going to hit both sides if if they stuck in traffic. Oh, some other riders that knew them cats hopped off. Now we're like eight, ten deep, and then we do that all the way downtown, and then we come up Gary, come back down Van Ness, and then by the time we get to Van Ness, we were like, "Yo, they flipped the buses. What used to be fourteens are now forty like, we hit that on the 38. Oh, they must have switched it down at the Barcadero. Like, oh, this is hot. Like, oh, we got, okay, we got to go over here because they're going to have new buses on that line. So then we go all the way up Mission and we get to 16th and Mission. And we hop out. And we were doing this on Van Ness also, but then we hop out at 16th and Mission, pop the line, pop the, the mm-hmm. they start popping all the little pegs on the back door, climbing up the pegs to hit the, the top panel with cans now. And the shit's already crushed on the inside, crushed on both sides on the outside. And Spy is there with the biggest evil grin documenting all of it <laughs> on 16th Mission. This now is like at sunset. 
And he's photographing it like, yo, y'all killing it. I ain't seen it like this for a minute. Like, this was wild. And so from there, for me, it was kind of like, what? Spy said that? Like, that's dope, you know? So we hit a couple more buses going back up to Excelsior. And we kicked it over at the TNT crib. And then uh, I was like, I'm going home. And they're like, nah, stay. We're going to go back out. I'm like, nah, I'm going home. So I go home. And then uh, fan was like, yo, what you want to eat? And I was like, oh, let's go to 4800, go to a taqueria spot, 4800 block, right there by uh, by uh, Balboa. And uh, as I'm inside getting uh, a burrito, I hear mad cop cars flying up to Geneva Mission. And I just knew it. Like, yo, what the? So like, yo, hop back in the car. Driving up mad slow, then I look and they got two buses stopped in the middle of the intersection. They're destroyed. And the homies that went back out, they're all on the back of the cop cars. Mm-hmm. And GB, she was a girl, so they couldn't check her, but her SG was upside down and she uh, leaked. Her whole, on her back was all purple, you know, all candy ink. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And then when they got out later, they called me up like, you a lucky motherfucker. Like, how did you know? And I was like, because we've been killing it all day since lunch. You know, since 12 o'clock. Like, why y'all still bombing at 8? You know, like, all the buses were killed already. I think a lot of riders don't understand you got to quit while you're ahead, man. Quit while you're ahead. <laughs> and some of those decisions, should I go home or should I go out? Should I go to that party or should I take my... Should I go to the after hours or should I go home and sleep? I got work in the morning. Should I get in the car? Man, some of those decisions be the most crucial in your life. Yo, man. I have to straight up say, like, guardian angels, you yeah. know, ancestors, family, all that. Like, yeah. like straight up, They every time that question came up, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm out. Right. I'm out. And there was always the, some dirt that happened after. Right. Always. 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 And then the nights you do decide to go out, man, you yeah. learn the hard way. Yeah, like, exactly. Whoops. Yup. Then that's when I have to run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that takes me back. I, I feel sorry for, for the generation of Frisco that didn't get to experience days like that. Because what you're describing, riding the bus and, and hitting up and running into people was like an everyday thing. Yeah, it was amazing. And I, I was going to say, man, that like that story sounded fun as fuck until you got to the Geneva admission part. Because I, I have caught enough cases and 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 dealt with the courts enough to be like, man, I don't want to keep dealing with that shit. Yeah. And it's crazy because the timeline you're starting out is like, there's a time when like graffiti is like a slap on the wrist. Yeah. Damn near legal. Yeah. Just go home, whatever, whatever, to the point where now writers are fighting felonies and getting their faces put on the news and, and go, getting jail time, prison time. Yep. So it's just like a completely different ball ballpark and I feel like that goes hand to hand with gentrification. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, they try to uh put on us it being as more serious the crime when in reality what it, all everything else is happening is more serious than yeah than this, you know. But it comes into politics and it comes into property values. And okay, now there's people who put millions into something and they don't want to See that, you know, and, and it's a it's a it's always been and not to get too deep into this, but it's always been, uh, you know, even back in the 70s in New York, there's always been the illusion, you know, on the dollar bills and God, we trust, you know, we, we the gods that they that they trust in that we're going to believe that that piece of paper is worth whatever, you know. So in that in that same mindset. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to throw, I don't know the exact number, but any given city, like, oh, you got a thousand cops and you got a million people in the city, you don't really control us. Right. You know, but that, that it's a way, it's a mindset that, oh, if we allow writing to happen and then and then when it started getting more bold, like the heavens, the billboards, the, the blocks on the block, you know, like any of that kind of stuff that was super bold to make people go, how did they get away with that? Now that looks bad for them and their belief system because now it's starting to, like, people are starting to wake up to, like, oh, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And the truth is, because of writing, I know exactly that we could do whatever we want yeah. and get away with it, especially if we just think about it. Yeah. And, like, how to get in, get out. 
But most people don't know that. You right. know, they never experienced the, the the grime and the grit that we've seen on the street. Mm-hmm. So they don't know that they can do that. I definitely see graffiti that way. I was talking to someone about this today that it's like, it's basically a message that you can't control everyone. Because exactly. writing on a wall is a natural urge. And, and, and people will say, oh, that tag is so ugly. But to me, like a gray concrete, industrial wall is pretty damn ugly too so yeah and you know for me i push the root of it all no matter where i go whatever i am i push the root of writing all the time like writing your name because how can you have uh penmanship and calligraphy and and uh from calligraphy from all different cultures around the world celebrate it and then writing comes from the united states because of some politics, they don't want to celebrate it. That's a great point. You know, so for me, it's like, okay, great. I can, you know, t- you, you were talking earlier about social media. Like, okay, I can get all these new followers who who like the murals and all the other stuff that I do, the abstractions. I love y'all for that, you know. But also, I, I wouldn't be there if I didn't spend millions of hours doing tags and loving the... You know, is it on a 45? Is it a, a flare? Is it a down fade? Uh, am I using a, a, you know, the 45 coming from the ultra? Cause that's how you want to hold it. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like if I didn't, if I didn't love that, I wouldn't be able to to paint what I'm painting now. So I always want to show that and always push that out there. Well said. And I think for someone like me that that grew up in the city and saw your work from from then to where it is now, I can see that. I can work. see that. Right on. Uh, before I even get into that, because I do want to ask about that side of it, I, I was curious if if you ever had any battles in the city during your your time as doing graffiti. I've had battles, but they were never, you know, being older now at the time, I something in my stomach I knew what was up. But then as older, I don't speak on them just because they weren't. Because before those battles, I saw. I participated in some wild-ass ones, like crew battles. I saw some wild ones, you know? And, and, you know, we spend, right now, we spend a lot of time talking about, uh, like, bus hopping those early days. Like, I remember it changed my mind forever was uh, the ICP, FCK, like, CSC, JDS battle. Mm. That was... How that built was wild, mm-hmm. you know? And there was other ones. So then, you know, anything I dealt with was all, you know, not to say, you know, like surprise, you know, ego-driven that I didn't, didn't ever really sweat it. Just like, oh, this is this, I wanted it to be that, you know? That yeah. other, that, you know, I wanted it to be the, the TWS, TMF, you know, like, I, I was raised on that, and it, when it when it came and it wasn't that, I was like, ah, you know, I'll let this ride out and and do something else, paint somewhere else, whatever. And then you know, so for for history's sake, I don't speak on those battles because sure. I didn't I didn't have in my mind some of those epic like that. Right, 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 right. No, I think that's that's well said. That's part of the game too, though. Yeah, you're, you're gonna have uh, you do graffiti, you're gonna eventually get into conflict. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? It's just what it was. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So getting into, like, where your career has evolved into, you didn't go to art school, correct? No, I went to City College. Went to City College. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You have become one of the more recognizable uh, mirrorless and... uh, uh, public visual artists in the Bay Area in, in recent years. And uh, what what was that transition like to step into that world, especially coming out of graffiti? Because there's a lot of, uh, it's like a stigma. Like, oh, that's some art school shit. Oh, I do the real fucking street artist. I yeah. do the real graffiti. It's illegal. Oh, you only do legals. All so. that, all that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what What was that process like for you to um, to to step into to the space you're in now? Um, at the very beginning, at that time period, me and Neon had like 
either started New Yards or had two to three productions in all the other yards. You know what I'm talking about? This is all illegal. Mm-hmm. But we were doing full-blown productions. And then we dip out to New York and I bug out because it was like, oh, the twos and fives and six train the train lines. Like, oh, FX crew got the, got the six on lock. Oh, TAT got this line on lock. Oh, Cope got this. KD's got this line on lock. And then, oh, okay, Scene and a T-Kid, a couple of other cats, because they, they old school and they like that. They can just kind of migrate between anybody. But those lines ain't mixing, but that's their spots, right? That's their that's they hood, that's their spots. And it made me go, wait a minute. If these cats are doing this, this was 98. These cats are doing this. I came straight back home and started getting legal walls. Hmm. So I was like, oh, I need to get walls. Like, yards are cool, but let's get some walls on the block. So I started getting walls on the block and started painting that. And c- kind of shook, changed their environment out here where people were kind of like, what? Because like, I was going at them like bombing you know, like getting spots. Yeah. And and doing that, that kind of made people feel some type of way, you know, whatever. But, you know, uh, long as the scene grows, that's all that matters. In the sense of like people are like, oh, you're taking away this wall that used to be bombed on and now it's got one of your legal. Nah, I always made sure not to do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I always made sure to like go out and get my own shit that was separate. It wasn't like a spot that was always getting bombed on. Because also, I liked the way that looked. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, unless I was hitting that spot, like, I never did that. And when I was getting these new spots, you know, people were just kind of like, oh, at first people thought I was getting paid. I was like, nah, I ain't getting paid. Like, I'm just straight just doing it. it the same thing I was doing over here. But now, instead of me only having uh, six hours, four hours, I'm going to take the weekend yeah. and just kick it and paint on this corner, this liquor store. So we were doing that. And then from there, we started getting uh, delivery trucks roll up. Be like, yo, can you hit our shit? We're tired of cleaning it, whatever. Um, and then it kind of, from, from that, the first job came. And I was like, what? You want to you pay me to come in your office and paint this? And then from there, it was over. Yeah. You know, like that shifted my my mindset of like, oh, then I was hungry for that. Like, okay, cool. This is cool. I'm still going to do this because this is where I come from. But how can I get more of that? And then that took a, years of me, you know, I wasn't eating off of that at all. You know, <laughs> I was like... Maybe one every couple of years would come along, and then, okay, now two, and then slowly build, you know, some exponential growth at some point started kicking in. Um, and then, you know, I was just, like, working a regular old job at that time, but always on that mindset of, like, you know, I want to I wanna see if I could turn it into this. And then what you were saying about, uh, like, doing letters or abstractions of letters for gigs and getting paid for it. That was something I was super intentional about because talking to old school cats out here, talking to New York old school heads, you know, old school cats out here were like, Oh, you know, you got to do characters. You got to do this, rah, 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 rah. And I was always kind of like, so you doing characters for other people? Like you ain't doing characters for us. Like, you know, if they're B-board, that's one thing, you know, but when they started turning into all this other shit, it was for other people trying to trying to emulate other artists or copying other artists' work, you know? And I was always like, I'm cool off that. Like, we do letters, you know? We can complicate it. And then it was like, well, wait, hold up. You know how to read it. You know how to read it. But this person don't know how to read it, but they still like it. So, oh, let me not try to cram our history down their throat like, this is abstraction to them. So then that helped free my brain up of like, oh, there's a couple other key moments, but it was like, all right, I can I can do abstraction and now I'm free to experiment. And the way I think about it is those abstractions come back and those experiments 
Now I can put that into a burner. And then something I do in the burner, like now, oh, I see it a little bit different now that it's in a burner. Oh, I can take that layer out of my burner and then boom, that's just the wall piece. And oh, yeah, these people like that. You know, oh, oh okay, that fits their history over here. You know, so it was, for me, my motivation was to push it so that writers knew that they didn't have to do something else. They could just do their craft and still get paid or, because that, that's not that, that's everything, but get recognition from outside people for their craft, for letters, you know, for bars. Well, that's what's up, man. I think I think you've done a great job at doing that, and um, you know you're known for like this uh, this crystal style. Yeah, yeah. And um, when I started seeing that around the city, I was like, "Oh, that's Apex," because it had, it was just a clear transition stylistically, the colors, yeah. the shapes, the patterns from what you had already been doing. So when I for for me as someone who you know I, all I do is create. That's how I make my living, and um, that's. Took me, took me a long time to, yeah, to, long to time. get there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so when I look at cats that have transitioned from graffiti into getting paid for their art, uh, whether it's Twist, whether it's Giant, whether it's you, uh, you know, Reminisce is yeah. like amazing sculptor now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's kind of like a certain point where you're still rooted in, in where you started, but you're not stuck there. Yeah. Especially in the negative sense of like, man, it's... You know, it's a bad look to to be at a certain age and still getting wrapped up yeah. and still out, you know, partying. I'm not judging, nothing, yeah, but, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, still yeah. fighting and yeah. still all that type of stuff over graffiti. But it just shows, like, it proves, like, you stick with, you find your passion in this, you stick with it, it takes you places. Yeah, man, like, from a young age, you know, I, I love rack and paint. Yeah. You know, and now... I love my, racking, period. I'll be yeah. like, whoops, take that soap. <laughs> Actually, I need some shampoo today. <laughs> racking, man. So that, like, that... What was funny you say that because I had a lot of heads that were... They went to racking other things. Yeah. But, like, eBay stores worth, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which is amazing that they, you know, that they yeah, do like that. full-time racking. Yeah, full-time racking. Yeah. And I was always like, nah, y'all do that. I'm just going to still just rack my paint over here. Right. And... That that focus, you know, like I've always kept that there was that foundation, and just figured out ways like those early gigs. It was like oh, I only needed two hundred dollars worth of paint, but I was like I need six hundred dollars worth of paint, you know. So my mind was like oh, I'm just gonna rack this gig so I can get more paint, and I never stopped that mentality of those those roots of the culture and just flipping them into different ways, different perspectives to to be able to come up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, like I said, you stay grounded in this. It never really leaves you. No. Nah. Even if you are taking it in different spaces. Uh, uh, so I, I wanted to, you were saying that it was 07 that I came out with the crystal terminated yeah, that bits. that sounds about right. Because uh, a head that I knew, an artist who's well-known now and doesn't, he's doing crazy stuff, um, he connected me with his ex, was a calligraphy Chinese calligraphy artist and she had studied in China the real deal he was like yo y'all two should link up she had this uh, oh, I almost remember the name of it calligraphy hmm. concept of the two cultures blending so the first day we was like okay let's meet and we set aside three hours to meet it was only 30 minutes needed she was like so everybody watching, hopefully y'all know, you know, can control and all that kind of stuff. So we sit down and she was like, oh, okay, so there's the basics of calligraphy is how you hold the brush, your approach, your landing, your your drag or your pull, and your exit. And I was like, what? That's can control. And yeah, I, right, and I, and I right. showed her, you know, like with a can, boom, boom. And then we just bugged out. So, okay, bet. All right, let's go do this thing, this uh, uh, exhibit and this whole, like, residency together, which put me on a game onto the whole gallery system and this yeah, other world. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, through that. Like, I knew, but I didn't have an entrance. And that was the way I got in. Um, and she... So, with that, she was like, you can study 10,000 10, strokes. 
and you can study forever just to stroke, uh, uh, to do a letter A, like a capital A. Capital A is just three bars. One up on an angle, one down, two down on the second angle, and then the crossbar. And then she was like, we'll study the stroke of one. It's just one bar. And if it doesn't look right, you can't move on nothing else mm. in, in Chinese calligraphy. Mm. So then I was like, okay. And there's an old video of me somewhere on YouTube playing around with this. Where then I was like, okay, let me just study the stroke with a, you know, with a phantom or, you know, universal cap or the fat cap. Let me just study the stroke of one. And then when I did that, I went, wait, hold up. Like, if, you, if your bar, that's a bar. Wait a minute. If I bring that into our world, I just took that bar out and put a 3D on it. And then the tip. And well, hold up. If I rotate that, that looks like crystals. I've always liked crystals and rocks and that. I was like, I got a whole new world now I can explore. And that happened in 07. And I just started pushing that. And then here comes Vulcan with like super burners and all of that. So then I was like, oh, let me, you know, I can either do a monochromatic or I could do it where it's layered up with colors like the super burners. And it's still, you know, showing reference back to the bars and, and the pieces. That's dope, man. I, I mean, I, lo- I love to hear it because, like I said, it's just that that I think for people who really decide, like, this is what I do, this is what I'm into, you stick to your craft, you really kind of unlock different levels of it. Yeah. And then once you cross into that world of, like, art, and you're able to appreciate, you know, whether it's graffiti, whether it's calligraphy, whether it's, uh, 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 um, you know, oil painting, whatever it is. Like, once you cross into that world, it's like you're able to just uh, have access to things yeah. that most kids from the city don't don't get access to. That's that's it right there. And and now you're you're in a space like where you're having residencies and you're you're being. Um, commission for some like really big murals and installations and you've painted all over the world at this point right yeah yeah crazy experience okay. always very humble very uh, thankful to be able you know Asia Europe Middle East um, South America um, all over to be able to paint and just be like y'all from Frisco, I'm right. Like, I'm <laughs> <Right>. fucking late, <leave> you. <laughs> like, like, wow, so many other heads, you know, like all all the way from bus hopping. And that's the reason why, I, like, I honor all those stages, you know. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, what what's some what's like the most important thing, or just any advice you would give to someone who wants to pursue a career as a creative? Oof. Make sure that that's what you really want to do. And if that's what you really want to do, you have to, uh, in this modern age, you have to live, eat, and sleep that 24 hours a day. And and what, what does that mean? Is that you have to research it. You have to uh, listen, listen to your podcast and people chopping it up about whatever. Listen to other podcasts that, depending on what it is creatively you want to do, you know? Uh dig into that person, those individual artists or creative people's backgrounds. And you have to really dig and investigate the craft that you want to be part of. And and then you're still not done. You still got to understand the business side of it. And, and with that, you have to understand that you have two different versions of you. You got the emotional you that's attached to your what you're putting out. And then you got to kind of put that emotional person to the side for a little bit to do the business. Because the business in the world don't care about no emotion. It's like emotion versus logic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you start showing emotion in business, and I'm not saying to be void of it, you have to know when to do it. But starting out... You got to put your feelings to the side sometimes. You got to put your feelings to the side because yeah. just like on the street, that'll get taken advantage of. Facts. You know? So, it's like, it ain't nothing different. It's just... You have to realize, like, oh, okay, let me just do this business right quick. Stack up, and then, okay, let me put my emo. Nobody's around. Okay, I'm, if it's painting, let me just pour my emotions into the wall. Right, right. You know, or right. whatever it is, computer, mic, whatever, you know. 
Well, I'm glad you said that. And and I appreciate you, like, you know, mentioning, like, the whole podcast bit because that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here. That's why I've been trying to get graffiti writers. Uh, you know, I, I, I interview DJs, producers, rappers, um, journalists, people from all different walks of life. But a big part of my audience is the graffiti community. And, it's, and like, I love bombing. I love illegal graffiti. I yeah. believe graffiti has to stay illegal. And I'm I'm glad there's still people out there doing it. But I'm also, I also want people to know that where it can take you and, 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 and the other directions you can go. And I'm hoping that these episodes are useful for people who are wondering, man, I don't really want to do nothing else. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I don't really like my job. I want to do something else. I'm hoping that these these episodes are inspiring, and um, I'm glad you could come on here and, and be part of it, bro. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, anybody watching this, you know, hit me up on the socials. If you got questions, hit me up. I'm, I got y'all. It's all good. Apexer. And thank you for this amazing can, too. Yeah, Collectors. man. That, that was uh, a, a crazy time. Planet Blue, Montana. Shit's dope. This is going to be another permanent fixture. On our podcast, oh, the history of the Bay podcast, yeah, man. with the one and only Apexer. Hey. Go get your tickets July 9th, History of the Bay Day Party. Shout out to the whole team, shout out to the sponsors, and especially shout out to you guys for watching. The podcast is growing, people are commenting, people are showing love, and we're going to keep doing this until we pop. Peace. Peace. Recognize where you got the game. We got our own style, got our own slang. Northern California is a West Coast thing. This is the history of the Bay. Recognize where you got the game. We got our own style, got our own slang. Northern California is a West Coast thing. This is the history of the Bay.